time now for the Coaches Show with Mike O'Shea and Derek Taylor. Is the voice of the Blue Bombers one-on-one with Mike O'Shea. The Pro-Line Gold Bomber Coaches Show on 680 CJOB. We have procedure against the host of the show. We have five-yard penalty and we'll redo first down. The Coaches Show it's brought to you by DeKalb. Right now, save up to $50 a bag on DeKalb Canola Seed. Terms and conditions apply. Uh, the head coach, Mike O'Shea. That, in, in practice, that would be push-ups, right? What I just did there? Uh, yeah, you would. Uh, everybody, I would be doing them, too, with you. We'd all be doing them. Oh, Christian yeah. Christian would have to do them, too. So That makes me never want to do that again. <clears throat> Look how that works. He is the head coach. Mike O'Shea, his Winnipeg Blue Bombers. 51-6 to six winners over the Saskatchewan Rough Riders on the weekend. Your texts and your calls about the game. We'd love to have you here at 204-780-6868. It was funny. Uh, you guys go into half up 42 to whatever it was, and there was Dalton Schoen doing a sideline interview with Christian saying, yeah, we can be better in the second half. And I, I get it, but sometimes I, I go, I hope they're celebrating the fact that they were this good. Were they? Did they, in fact, get, take a moment to go, you know what, that was a good, we had a good game. Not at halftime, they didn't. No, no, but yeah. I, I just hope at some point they're not like so so focused on striving for super greatness or perfection that they lose the sense of, man, this was, this was a lot of fun and we had a good day. Yeah, judging by the next morning, I, I would say they enjoyed themselves. They celebrated. <laughs> Which, absolutely, they should. I mean... Um, you know, you get into this, you know, this trap, it's human nature. You get into this trap of, um, and I think, you know, it's not just pro athletes that face this, but the, the losses and the mistakes, the magnitude of the emotion associated with a loss or mistakes, costly mistakes is far greater than the magnitude of emotion associated with a win. <laughs> you know, yeah, and that I don't, I don't know how you change that, but that that really stinks. So we're working harder at making sure we appreciate um, the victories. There was a time where I wondered if that that thing that the losses hurt more than the wins feel good. I wondered if that was only me. I'm I'm glad to know. The more people I ask, the more people are. Oh no, no, yeah, that's that's absolutely the way it is. It's yeah, it's the way we're wired as humans and. Uh, it's probably across any job, really. Yeah, I, I don't have a ton of questions that we didn't touch in the post-game show. Uh, apart from a couple, throw us your texts, and we have callers waiting to go. Let's w- w- jump right in. Harry is with us on the line. Harry, appreciate your call. You're on with the head coach, Mike O'Shea. Yeah, good evening, guys. Uh, coach O'Shea, congratulations on the banjo bowl beatdown. <laughs> it was phenomenal. It was a perfect day uh, you guys are outstanding. So, uh, great job all around for everybody. Thanks, Harry. Now, now having said that, that yeah. now having said that, uh, Coach, I want to ask you about your next game coming up with Hamilton. Now we got a young quarterback again. Uh, I think he's only had about four or five games in this league. Now, of course, now Hamilton's got the new offensive coordinator with Scott Malinovich, and he's been around this league in a few years. Can you tell me what kind of problems he uh, he might present to you guys? Well, he has been. He's he's you know played in this league. He was in the NFL for a bit. Played in this league. I actually worked for him in Toronto for uh, a few years. Um, 
was first year as a head coach. I was fortunate enough to be on that staff, and we won a great cup, the 100th great cup together. Um, you know, he learned under or, you know, was uh, a coordinator underneath Mark Tressman. So um, Scott will put in the work. He'll be meticulous. He'll have a, a great call sheet. He'll have a good eye for how the game's going. Um, yeah, he's a pro. So, and he's done it before and won. He knows what his players can do. He puts them in good positions. So I think, you know, with Orlando Steinauer, that hires, that's a good hire. Yeah, um, he's, I, I was he's a good coach. That, I was thinking, coach, in the, in the few games that he's been back in the CFL with his young uh, quarterback, Hamilton's really kind of turned it around in the last few games. And you could tell that he's, his influence already. Yeah, I think a lot of times, I mean, he is obviously really good at his job. And then you get that that little bump from a change. You know, guys are get a new voice and they, you know, you just, you have to respond, right? So, yeah. Well, congratulations, Coach, on the big victory. And uh, now it's on to Hamilton and uh, continue the good work, you guys. Don't let down for a minute, okay? <laughs> yeah, thanks a lot. <laughs> Harry, thank you for being with us at 204-780-6868. Gary is with us on line number two. Gary, thank you for your call. You're on with the head coach, Michael Shea. Hi guys, it's my first call in this year, but I uh, I always listen to the show. I want to congratulate the coach on the big win and getting a fifty burger on the clock. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Well put. I was hoping that uh, the the bombers would be able to end the game without having a kick to kick a punt, uh, because that would be really dramatic. Any idea if that's ever happened in the CFL? Where a team hasn't punted in a game? Oh, I would have to dig into that. It was it was the first time in the history of the CFL that a, that a team, well, back to 2007 when they started tracking, that a team went six drives in the first half without with scoring on every drive. So sorry, I would think you're as sorry you're incorrect. Oh, go it, if you check on Bonfire, they he made the comment that Tom Clements went six for six. Six touchdowns in the 1970s, so it's been done before. Well, this since 2007, according to, uh, yeah. Know, but yeah, Tom Steve Dan Played in the 1970s. But, but as far as the NFL goes, there's been one game in 1992, Buffalo and San Francisco played, and neither team punted. That is phenomenal. But to me, the definition of a perfect game is if you wouldn't have to punt the ball then, hey, you can't get better than that. Coach, I love the bobbleheads. The marketing people did a fantastic job. I'm hoping one day they'll have a life-size bobblehead of you. <laughs> not likely. <laughs> did you did you consider not punting? It was third and two um, at the end there. And- yeah, I mean, if we'd gotten one more yard on that second down play, we would have went for it. But, you know, it's just the right thing to do. You and I believe we would have got it, but if you don't, then they line up and they kick a field goal, and there's time on the clock. Then they're got to try an onside kick, and if that happens, then you got oh, then they're within 11, forty-two, and 11, they're only- no, then you got eleven guys charging full head steam with only a couple seconds left in the game, and nobody wants that. Oh, okay, I mean, yeah, player safety for more than absolutely, yeah, because I've got to, we've got to tell our guys you got to run as hard as you possibly can and smash everything that moves. And they're doing the same thing. 
And with a score like that, you just don't want to have that last play like that. You don't want that. So I would rather <laughs> not put them in a position to kick that field goal. I would hope that if they got the ball back there, well, they would probably kick the field goal. You'd hope they'd just keep going for it if they were on third down and not kick it. Because they, they understand this. You know, Dickey understands the situation too. You're going to trot out your onside kick team. We're going to trot out our hands team. And we're going to – everybody's going to go a million miles an hour at each other. That's not – Man, I would it's hope, not the right thing to do at that situation in the game. I would hope not because it's a six-score game. Absolutely. I would hope not, but then I, I don't know what, either. But you can't. You, yeah, it's not like I can communicate with them across the if, yeah. field. You can't. You have to. You. So in my mind, punting is the best thing for our group right at that moment. Yeah, yeah. Zeros on the clock. Field goal was what in my heart I wanted, but you make a good case as to why that, that wasn't yeah. going to happen. Gary, thank you for your call. If we have a Barry Sorry. and a Mary on here next. We got the, <laughs> we got it all going on. We do. Uh, Gary, appreciate your call. I got to hit the commercial break, but thanks for being with us. And thanks for your first call of the year. Okay. Bye. Gary uh, with us at 204-780-6868. Your calls and texts for the head coach still to come. The coach is showing 680 CJOB. The Pro-Line Gold Bomber Coaches Show on 680 CJOB. Coaches Show brought to you by DeKalb. They're ready to be your number one canola seed. Your texts and your calls at 204-780-6868. Dave says, I didn't realize how good that player was that was suspended for headbutting Zach. It sure made a difference. LOL. (laughs) Dave, I like that quite a bit. Uh, Coach uh, asks Gord, how did Brady and Zach take the news that their days were ending early? Um... Yeah, they're pros. They get it. I think the the initial look on their face is like, oh, because they're having fun out there, right? They're competing at a high level. They're executing at a high level. And, you know, you just don't want those nights to end. But then it's, you know, a couple seconds later, they're like, perfect. Let's go. You know? Yeah. It's good. Also from the text line, uh, unnamed caller says, we won the coin toss and deferred to the second half. Uh, why didn't we take the ball in the second half, they ask? Uh, the wind was um, supposed to keep increasing through the second half. So just once again, keep it as as normal a decision-making process as you would have it, despite what the score says. You yeah. Know? So just... We were gonna, we were gonna start the second half running the ball a little more anyway, and you know wear out the clock. And then I f- felt that you could certainly, um, you know, with a little bit more wind, you might just be pinning them and give them a long field in the in the fourth quarter. Uh, the reason to change or do something different might be to experiment with something you haven't done. But I don't know. I just like to keep it as as normal as possible. That makes perfect sense. Let's go into line five, and Richard is with us. Richard, thank you for your call. You're on with the head coach, Mike O'Shea. Good show tonight, uh, DT. Always uh, awesome to listen to your comment, and Coach, awesome to just watch you guys play for the last few seasons. Um, we, I got last-minute banjo bowl tickets, and we ended up uh, behind the visitor's bench, upper deck, front row, and as the sun was shining on us beautifully as the game went on and we watched the Saskatchewan bench, wedding there uh you know what's off um it made me wonder like i don't know if it was happy coincidence that they 
stuck the visitor's bench on the sunny side. I mean, I'm sure done purposely, but whether or not they built the building for that. Um, is that a really common practice to be stuck in the sun as the visitors? And I was just wondering to the coach, like, have you, what's the more interesting things that you face going into other barns as the opposing team? Is there anything interesting that they do in the stadiums or stuff that you've seen just that really kind of caught your attention or made it tougher? Ooh, that's good. Yeah. So, uh, I'll say this, uh, uh, playing for Toronto, our home bench was in the sun most of the time, and I'd just be sweating and angry looking at the visitors in the shade, saying, how is this possible? How do we get stuck in the sun through all these games in Toronto, in the humidity, you're battling it anyway? And, you know, I can't remember when they changed it or whatever, but for years I was just, this is just goofy. That, that this is the way it's planned, but they got you season ticket. comfortable on the Bombers bench, I can't lie. Yeah, but season ticket holders, right? They get their seats set and everything like that. You're going to change the bench and then switch all the, switch all the ticket holders around? You know, <laughs> right. you, like the business side says, no, we're not changing this. Sweat away, <laughs> you know? And then interesting things, well, I, I really enjoyed the old Ivor win, uh, even in the visitor's change room, which was uh, fairly rustic. Um <laughs> So the heater would be on in the summer and the air conditioner would be on in the winter or you couldn't get heat. Uh, if you were the last guy in the shower, you were shin deep in this, in this old shower they had. Come on. And the, the one stall, the, the one stall definitely didn't have a door and it was right in front of the door to the, one of the doors to the stadium. So if the door to the stadium opened up, it, you know, and the, that toilet seat happened to have a big crack in it. So it, it was somewhat uncomfortable, but you would use that to make yourself angry to play better. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, I, you know, I don't think there's anything to it really. It's just, it's fun going on the road, being with your teammates. You put, That's awesome. you're, you're right, Richard, uh, in Sask, uh, the bombers are on the sunny sideline, uh, Toronto, everybody's on the same sideline, BC's indoors. Uh, Edmonton was the far sideline. I feel like, yeah, you put, because yeah, you, it's hot. you should put the visitor in the sun. Absolutely. Well, like I said, for years yeah. we toiled away, getting beaten on by. I I just I was dumbfounded by it, but yeah, and uh, and yeah, the the bombers do it right, Richard. That's a tremendous question. Thank you for your call. Appreciate you. Thank you. Good luck next week, Coach. Thank you. All right, let's go to Gail on line number three. Gail, thank you for your call. You're on with the head coach, Mike O'Shea. Good evening, gentlemen. I'd like to congratulate the team and you on the win, and thank you for a wonderful birthday present. I loved it. Great, <laughs> great, great. Glad we could glad we could deliver. And uh, two part question. First part: Are you still on the rules committee? And the other question is: Can we do something about this after the play violence and get these people? ejected right away because the other game was the Elks and the Stampeders. Bagleton hit Ganey. And I mean, he punched them. So, like, this has got to stop. This is ridiculous. And I'll take your answer off air. Thanks, and have a good game next week. Yep, thank you. Um, yeah, as of right now, I'm still in the Rules Committee. We'll see if that lasts. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, you saw Austin Mack get kicked out of the uh, Montreal game for throwing a punch uh, probably two minutes, just under two minutes left in the first quarter. That's a big loss. He was the leading receiver in the league. Bagleton, I did not see that one. 
Um, and he obviously didn't get ejected, so I, they must not have saw it either. Mm. So I don't know. I don't know what happened. Was he flagged for it? I do not. Yeah. I do not know. Yeah, that's that's an interesting one because there was a, a, you know, there was a much more concerted effort across the league to have much cleaner games and not have an incident um, like the one that happened in the Labor Day game to Zach. So uh, everybody was uh, warned fairly to make sure they cleaned up their acts. Why it didn't happen, I don't know. Uh, concerted effort and warned, like in advance of the game or the game, the on-field officials? I, said I think guys. everybody, no, everybody was just on point. Like you look at our game, we was, they had five, six penalties. We had three. It was as clean a game. There wasn't a ton of jaw jacking. There wasn't a lot of stuff going on after the whistle. I think everybody understood yeah. that, that, you know, this had to be a clean one or it was, and, and then Austin Mack getting thrown out. Everybody knew about that, right? Like on both sides of the ball, they would have known that Austin Mack got thrown out and it just, listen, they're not kidding around. Yeah. The, the one that made me think of it in, in your game was uh, play number three, Ricky gets Dola Gala in the head or mm-hmm. by the face mask. And there wasn't an explosion to it. It was like, yeah, that's a penalty. Shouldn't do that. 15 yards. But there was no explosion around it. I'm like, oh, okay. This is, this feels better. Yeah. I, actually, I thought it was an enjoyable game in that regard. You know, how clean it was. Yeah. It's got to be more enjoyable than seeing all the crap. Yeah. After a, after a play. The, the running back's down and you try to bend them backwards at the waist. Like that spine doesn't go like that. Guys so. in each other's faces, taunting. Like it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Line up. Go back. Yeah. Six more touchdowns. Let's Nothing go. Nothing you say is going to change <laughs> the outcome of the game, you know. Uh David and Steven are on the line. Guys, if you can hold with us through the news break, we'll come to you right on the other side. It's the Coaches Show, and you can reach out at 204-780-6868. Your calls and texts for the head coach, Mike O'Shea, in 680 CJOB. The Pro-Line Gold Bomber Coaches Show on 680 CJOB. Coaches Show is brought to you by DeKalb. They're ready to be your number one canola seed. 204-780-6868 for your calls and texts for the head coach, Mike O'Shea. Bombers now 10-3 and on the season. Two wins ahead of the BC Lions in the West. The game with Hamilton coming up on Saturday. Jim is on the text line, says, I've noticed Damian Jackson's play is improving after every game. What are your thoughts on his efforts up until now? Yeah, workhorse. We're using him in all three phases and he works really hard to make sure he's doing the right things and getting better all the time. Absolutely. You know, he's, uh, he's, he's a good teammate, quiet, but I, every, every guy in that locker room understands that he's going to lay his body on the line for his teammates, which is what you want from a teammate really. And um, yeah, he's, he's been good for us. Dave is on the text line says, thought I saw Janarian Grant on the sidelines. And then he and Matt and Ken all want to know if Janarian will be back soon. Yeah, soon. Yeah, he was on the sidelines. It was good to see him out there. And uh, soon, I hope. Yeah. All right. Let's go to the phone lines and welcome in David from line. Number one. David, thank you for being with us. Uh, you're on with the head coach, Mike O'Shea. Good evening, gents. Happy Monday. Happy Monday to you. Happy Monday. Your uh, your memory's pretty good, so I have a good uh, feeling you're going to recall this. But uh, back in 2017, I had texted you and Bob uh, in the middle of September, 
and I had just mentioned how I wasn't going to be able to watch the the game at the end of the month. I believe you guys were playing Edmonton on my uh, wedding day. And yeah. you said, David, <laughs> what the hell are you doing getting married on a bomber game day? <laughs> I do remember uh, that. <laughs> I do yeah, remember that. that. That was a good one. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, uh, September 29th, me and the wife are taking that day off, going to make a anniversary of it. And we look forward to coming out and watching you guys take on Toronto because I feel that's the real litmus test to see how we stack up and how they stack up against us. So I'm pretty pumped for that. Um, with, with regards to Zach, we were up, oh, geez, what, five touchdowns at halftime compared to their score? Mm-hmm. Was, there ever, was there ever any thought to pull him even at halftime and not have him come out for the third and just let Drew Brown go the rest of the way? Yeah, we, we talked about, we had a plan in place. We talked about it at halftime on how we wanted to execute that plan, and it worked out well. He just we wanted to give him another couple of series and see how it went, and then um, move on to a bunch of different players. Um, but Zach being the first one out for sure. But uh, yeah, it was yeah, it worked out. It worked out well, and uh, definitely, it's it's always part of the conversation. Right. I'm, I'm glad that everybody walked away unharmed. Was was there any injuries for any guys coming out of that game? Uh, not of note, I would say. Yeah. I, I, I was there. And if it makes you feel better how you said you're you're always angry when you're on the sidelines in Hamilton because of the sun, I was in the, the north end zone of the concourse for the first quarter, and I went to the bathroom at halftime. And my face was red, and it was not because of the beer. So it was <laughs> it, it was beating down on me pretty good. So yeah. I, I feel you on that one because I'm a ginger. So yeah, there you go. <laughs> we got to stick together, eh? Taking over the world, exactly. gingers are. There you go. That's right. We're a rare breed. <laughs> David, thanks for your call. Appreciate you being with us. No problem. Have a good evening. Take uh, care. David with us online number one. He mentioned Zach Kalars, and I wanted to dig this up because I. Uh, for folks who have been saying, well, someone else needs to be the MOP this year, there's been not Zach for MOP bluster in the Canadian Football League. Last year, when he was the MOP, 37 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, 9.6 yards per attempt. 2023, Zach Kalaris threw 13 games on pace for 37 touchdowns, 14 interceptions, 10.6 yards per attempt. 10 yards per attempt is a ridiculous number in the Canadian football league, in any football league. And this offense coach O'Shea, I'll bring it back to, I'm, I'm kind of surprised. It's what maybe some of us prognosticated. It would be it's, it's lived up to that. You guys can score five highest scoring games in the CFL this year. Your offense has four of them. It's incredible. What, what, talent you guys have put together and what Buck's been able to do with them and then how Zach just kind of conducts it all. Yeah, and how the players on the offensive side, the skill position guys, how they understand um, that everybody's going to get their opportunity and it's not always going to look the same and it's not always going to be them. Like Nick had one catch, right? But he's still, he's having his best season, right? And he had one catch this last game and you won't hear him. There's no complaining. He's blocking and cheering and doing all the right things, which is their pleasure to be around. 
Yeah, it's, it is it is something to watch, and we hope it just keeps on rolling. Steven is with us on line number two. Steven, thanks for being with us. You're on with the head coach, Mike O'Shea. Good evening, gentlemen. Good evening. Uh, question about punting for the coach. We've I've never the, punted. Uh, the Aussie-style <laughs> sidewinder kicks. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, and uh, I'm just wondering... What uh, coaching changes you're doing because of that? Is there con- contemplation of putting a second returner back to sort of split the field? How much input do you have into how your kicker is kicking, be it a spiral or end over end? Uh, how is the evolution of that game happening? Do you see? Well, the yeah the the Aussies have always had this ability to you know kick five, six, seven, eight different ways, uh, both feet, some of them. Um, so they do pose a problem for returners. Um, they're very crafty. Uh, they're usually very mature in terms of not just age, let's say, but in terms of um, nothing really phases them, right? They just, yeah, they're out there having a good old time doing it, right? Jammer's a prime example of that. He's super calm and, you know, just gets how it should be done. And he can kick a variety of different ways, so... With regards to our return game, um, yeah, two returners is interesting because it, it can leave you vulnerable in other areas, right? So the primary objective of any return team is to deliver the ball back to the offense, right? Possession is the number one job. Uh, we like to get return yards to and change field position. That's obviously very important too, but possession is number one, so... As long as we can ensure that with one returner, we'll probably stick with one returner. Um, our special teams coordinator, Paul Boudreau, does a great job of of game planning and and giving our guys uh, a leg up on where that ball is going to go. So in terms of, you know, how we want Jammer to kick, you know, it's, it's usually the best kick or the best situation, or he understands the situations very well. You know, we'll talk prior to the game, and uh, he, he's got so many different kicks in his quiver, he's going to use the right one. Awesome. Stephen, thanks for being with us. Appreciate your call. Thank you. Uh, Stephen with us on line number two. I, when Saskatchewan puts back Alford and this game, Bertrand, Houdon, I feel like if a team has to go to, the team goes to two returners, that's a win for the punting team. Is it, is uh, it that simple? Do do that on punt return or just kickoff return? Oh, maybe, I, I may be, I may be yeah, conflating the two, but yeah. teams have gone to in the past yes, couple of years. Teams do. If they, yeah, if they believe you're just going to, wind it out of bounds and not give their returner a chance to put two returners back, trying to force you to kick to their primary returner. Um, you know, the the point, I guess, would be to never feel dictated to, right? Have enough in your arsenal, not just with the kicker, but not with just with the punter, but with your coverage and that kind of communication and, and different coverage plans so that they don't really dictate to you, you know? Mm-hmm. It was far easier before when they would put a second returner out that, you know, they would just kick into the boundary and you'd put your primary into the boundary and he'd get the ball regardless. Right. Um, I mean, there are some interesting things you can do with two returners, but um, once again, we start with the fact that you're on defense. So you play defense first, the ball gets kicked. Then you play return possessions, most important. Then you get your yards through good blocking, but there's a process we follow, you know, 
not say we won't go to returners because yeah. we, we can. We just, we sort of stick to this right now. Do you have any sense, uh, the opening kickoff goes to defensive tackle Charbel DeBeer. Does he have a future as a returner? Uh, he he looked right? quick. <laughs> he really did. I mean, it, it, it was great. Uh, yeah. He got 15, 20 yards, whatever it was. I'm like, dang, look at Charbel roll, the kid from Wagner. Yeah, the film, you can see guys are trying to figure out, okay, how do I tackle this now? You know, so... <laughs> he did well with it. Yeah. And then uh, when we were answering, Richard, you said guys kick with both feet. Is that a thing? No. Like you've not, seen it? Yeah, I've seen it in the past. Not right now. I'm sure they grew up being able to kick with both feet. Okay. It's not something that you see would see a lot of guys do. But, yeah, I've been around a punter that could kick with both feet. I'm sure wow. Aussies playing Australian rules football would – learn to kick with both feet growing up. Now proficiency at this pro level when you're asking them to punt is I'm sure single footed. And while we're on the punting thing, uh, I watched a random NCAA game and guys are punting on the run, like sprinting. Yeah, you can't have that rule here really because you can't be down in the U S college ranks. You can leave before the ball's kicked like it used to be in the CFL years ago. Right now the block of five center guards tackles have to stay within a yard of the line of scrimmage until the ball's kicked. So when you start doing the rugby style kicking, chances are your guys end up downfield, which is a 10 yard penalty, right? So the longer the punter holds the ball. Yeah. The longer you might have to hold your protection, the more they have to wait at the line, which is fine. Now your gunners get downfield, but the benefit of being the, the old system before there's this rule change took place of being able to get downfield is you could just make your block and run through it and be gone and cover the punt. Well, that doesn't really exist anymore. So you'd have to count it your, out or something. Yeah. In the, in the NCAA, they want their coverage down there and the guy hangs onto the ball. He's not forced to punt it. Mm-hmm. If you don't have a forcer coming to make sure he kicks it on time, he hangs onto the ball and hangs onto the ball, hangs onto the ball, gets his coverage down there, punts it up. That's why some of those hang time punts are, because the coverage is down. Well, the NFL can't get downfield either before the ball's kicked. Right. Same rule, right? But it's different in American college. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's... Yeah. it's Completely if, different rule. Changes the, the style completely. If anybody ever breaks through, I assume Jammer could, on the run, launch a launch a boomer. We oh, saw Legio do it a couple times if, if last we, year. Yeah, if we, if we did the rollout punting, like if that was a style that we would employ and the rule would allow it, yeah, he would see... Some very interesting things from him. He can do a lot of different things. It's honestly in the media we sit up in the concourse level, and when when Jamison Sheehan it's his turn to to practice, we're just watching it going. There's another one. There's well, another one. Just watch it's, him. Watch him before he starts to practice. Watch him playing catch with guys where he's just kicking the ball, like he would be accurate like a quarterback playing catch with a receiver running a route. Really? Yeah. It's just, wow. that's how they grow up. They grow up doing that. Well, and, and that's the thing. They don't and grow up playing hockey. They grow up. It's going to open up the eyes for the next generation of punters in this league. The guys who come into high school and start kicking going, Oh, there's these, this guy has nine different punts. I should start working on some of those and, and where it's going to go. Yeah. They all the next have generation. To, they all have to have a Man. bag full now. Yeah, they really do. 
it's it is it's become an art and it's become much more interesting than it used to be even for us at practice 204-780-6868 for your texts and calls for the head coach Mike O'Shea the game went so well we spent five minutes talking about punting on the coaches show The Pro-Line Gold Bomber Coaches Show on 680 CJOB. Coaches Show is brought to you by DeKalb. Right now, save up to $50 a bag on DeKalb canola seed. Terms and conditions apply. Uh, the Strevolution was at the game. Chris Strebler was nice enough to join us for uh, 15 minutes in the pregame show. And then the lineup for his autographs was incredible. Did you get a chance to to see him high five hugs? I, I did. I did get a chance to see him and talk to him for a few minutes. And it was, uh, it was very uplifting and a good conversation and just so happy for him. And, you know, I know he's in between right now, but I'm sure he's going to get another chance teams. Once again, I've said this over and over again, and I'm not down in that other league. I'm not sure how, you know, everybody would want him on their team. He just, he brings grit and leadership and energy and, and he's good. <laughs> he's athletic and good and he's showing that he can do that, right? It's just to be a good guy to have on your team. So I, I hope he hope he gets another crack. The second he, he left for the NFL, I thought, okay, well, someone is going to take this package and make a – Make a real weapon out of it. If if New Orleans can give Taysom Hill a hundred forty million dollar contract, whatever that number was, Taysom Hill's a bigger guy, but Strebler is not small and does not run small. No, there's there's. No. I thought some of the thirty two OCs, someone can make a deal, make a something with Strebler, something really really good, and uh, I have no reason to to take that back. Even though the Jets have now let him let him go, it's. Uh, Something's good coming. And it was the first time talking to him. He was a delight. He was absolutely yeah. a delight. Yeah. Let's go to Barry on the line. We had Gary. We had, we had Harry, Harry. And now we got Barry. And now Barry. Barry, thanks for your call. You're on with the head coach. All right. Thanks for having me. Strevolution, that's awesome. Um, it's, it gets confusing when you uh, phone in. You got one particular question in mind, and then you hear uh, everything that's going on. So, uh, excuse me, I can speak for uh, bunch of callers like man we kind of get led astray because you guys talk about so much one thing i want to say is like man kudos to all the scouts the trainers especially the medical staff and everything in the cfl you guys look after a bunch of tough 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 athletes i get like so many injuries we can't even begin to uh, comprehend my dad played in the 50s he played lacrosse he played hockey he was a boxer he broke his neck in football and he went to work the next day. He was getting a guy at work at CN to like kind of crack his neck for about a week. And the guy finally said, "Like Casey, you got to go to a doctor. You got a broken neck." He went to the doctor and he says, "Doctor says, what can I do for you?" He says, "I got a broken neck." And he kind of laughed. And sure enough, he did. He uh, lied in uh, traction. They took a chip out of his hip bone and put it in his neck. He lied with sandbags on his si- uh, sides of his neck for weeks. It was my mom and dad's first date. She said uh, he broke his neck looking for her in the, in the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes, that's the story to tell. I love no, it. No, like football players or something else. Like uh, all I can say is kudos to all you guys. Like like I said, I kind of got led astray from the first question, but I'm trying to get back to it. It's like I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but like people can look like 
um, say that Jets 1.0, 2.0, Bombers. Like, do you guys ever really, like, not take your competition seriously, like, the Labor Day game? It's like, like, man, what the hell happened then when you come back and, like, you just smoke them? Uh, Wait for your answer, and thanks a lot. I appreciate you guys. Yeah, it's contact sports. You you take everybody seriously, and you've got to be prepared. Um, we're humans, and you make mistakes. And the the game in Saskatchewan, we made too many mistakes to win. And this game, we there was hardly a mistake. You know, there's still a few, but relatively speaking, none compared to uh, the Labor Day game. So, um, yeah, it's it's interesting. But that's sports, and that's human nature. Overtime one week, one week later, 45-point victory. It, sports just don't make sense at some points. Yeah, it's they just, awesome, isn't they, it? They just, they yeah. just don't. Uh, I, I put this stat out yesterday. Uh, Montreal can be 6-6 six and six with like a minus 26-point differential. Saskatchewan is 6-6, six and six, and they have the worst point differential in the league. Mm-hmm. Again, sports make no sense. They're winning close games, and they're getting absolutely mopped in some other games. And you go, none of this makes any sense. No. Hamilton was getting Hamilton was getting beat by teams, and then they whack BC. Like, yep. How do? Yeah, this is that's great. why you play the games. <laughs> it, it it really you guys last year just nine and zero. Oh my gosh, they're going to be twelve and zero after they play Sask, and then the the tenth game against Montreal proves to be absolutely a force in that game. And you go, oh man, sports are. This is why we pay all this money to to watch these guys play. This has been fantastic. I uh, appreciate everybody with your calls and your texts. You can uh, join us, uh, get the blue bomber podcast feed right to your phone. where you get the coaches show and the broadcast and all our great content and coach. It is September 11th and your, your hat. Yeah. yeah we just, uh, we got to make sure we remember, you know, 22 years ago, uh, the world changed and we should just, uh, you know, salute the American resilience, especially the New Yorkers for, um, how they've rebuilt everything and come along and it, from such a terrible tragedy. So let's not forget that. So the head coach, Mike O'Shea, with us every Monday on the Coaches Show on 680 CJOB.